Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. This is Ruto. That's Megan. Uh, we're talking some underappreciated, uh, maybe unsung heroes for the Avs as we get into this podcast. Uh, obviously, that gets into the Joel Kibbe Ranta conversation as well, which we'll get to in a second. First, uh, the Professional Women's Hockey League. I don't even know what the new unified one is called. That is exactly what it's called, the Professional Women's uh, Hockey okay. League. Sometimes I get lucky. Uh, officially announced they'll have six teams uh, for this upcoming season. New York, Boston, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and I forget the sixth. Let me see. I think, did you say Minnesota? I did not say Minnesota. That's the so. last one. It'll be like the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. There you go. So six teams officially put together with all of the women playing in the same league. Uh, Megan, I, I've heard a couple different opinions about this league. Obviously, I think a lot of people are very happy that they're unified. Some people less happy about how things have come together with some teams being the opposite of expanded. It is tough. There are complicated feelings about it. And I think the takeaway for me has been it is for the greater good that some sure. of this comes about now like in looking at boston getting a team how does that affect what was once the boston pride and had yeah. developed a bit of a fan base already there there's a couple concerns that are still waiting to be answered there like will there be some kind of link to what was formerly boston pride then um moving forward yeah. and you know there were the buffalo buttes in new york will they be related to this now new new york team that's going to be there um and so i think that there is a path forward for there to be links to what was once the premier hockey federation mm -hmm. um and they're first going to start with a draft it's a pool of 300 ish women probably a little bit above that that have been selected by stakeholders and player evaluation committee but even still those players have to declare if they'd like to be drafted. And so sure. that will just be the draft, I believe, is going to take place on September 18th. September 1st, free agency opens for the Women's League, which is right around the corner. Teams will be able to claim three players ahead of the draft. And then even after the draft in that 300 pool of players, women will still be eligible to get signed and picked up by teams. So the concern was with this being whittled down into one league, will there be some players that were playing professionally previously that will now be left yeah. out of an opportunity? That's one of those things that remains to be seen from all of this. But the idea and hope for this is expansion. And there's already talks of NHL partnership. There's hope that there will be NHL partnership with um, games hosted by the NHL at NHL sites that are neutral to these six cities, yep. which will give other fan bases a taste for women's hockey and see if those could be future markets. And then the other thing is at NHL events next year, the Professional Women's Hockey League will also be in attendance at those NHL-related events. And so that's already such a good start and probably only the first of many opportunities for the NHL to work aside the women's league 
which will hopefully lead to growth and expansion, which will then mean that some of these women that might be negatively affected by this now might have opportunities to return to pro play. And it's, of course, better for the young players, too, coming up to see a path that is possible for professional women's hockey because there are terrific college players who opted not to pursue hockey professionally because they just weren't clear on what route, route existed for them. And so overall, definitely some growing pains that are going to be there for the women's league. But I thought it was exciting to hear Amanda Castle talk about continuing to work with Pittsburgh and her role um, as special assistant to president of hockey operations for one more year because she's going to be training to get back on the ice and go to the professional women's league in the future. I think that kind of thing is pretty exciting. And even looking at Nella Lapushanova coming over to North America, She's playing for a triple A team in school that's in New York and is already having a ridiculous preseason (laughs) is exciting to see that now she's getting acclimated to North America and could be a player that now is excited about the future of playing in a pro league. And now it's made possible with these changes happening. It's uh, look, I do feel bad for some of the players that had contracts and some security with the PHF. Uh, obviously having that rug pulled out from under you never feels good. And there was probably a better way to solve that in a perfect world. But ultimately in any professional sport, the best players are the ones that are going to get contracts and ones that aren't as good are going to unfortunately miss out at times. And that is where this is ultimately headed, right? We are no longer in a world where women's hockey has this divide in it that there were a bunch of the top players in the world that simply just weren't playing at the professional level where now we should be able to get all of them playing and hopefully all in the same league. So it is some of the best competition in the world playing against each other. Um, Super excited for what's to come for the league. You already mentioned all the hopeful tie-ins with the NHL. Maybe there's a, a world not too distant future where Colorado can even be considering a women's team or something like that. Obviously, there will be a a lot to do as far as growth for a league like that and spreading beyond just the East Coast and and being able to be financially stable as there were a lot of questions around the PHF and why they ultimately decided to sell to their direct rivals. So I I have nothing but hope for this. Uh, I do think it will ultimately be the best decision that women's hockey could have made, at least in North America. Obviously, there are other leagues around the world um, to varying degrees, but I, it's hard for me not to feel quite positive about getting them all on the same page, even if it is a little rough around the edges. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll see how it plays out. That's all I got for, for that. So uh, anything more to add or should we, should we talk? No, about we Ronto? can talk okay. about Kibi Ronta. How funny. Yeah. Uh, the Avs did sign another PTO yesterday and y'all Kibi Ronta, which I'm sure all recent Avs fans are familiar with. Footnote villain. Footnote villain, potentially. Scoring a hat trick. Ending the Avs bubble life. Uh, let's let's start here with Kiviranta. Does he have a legitimate chance to make this team at the NHL level? 
That really depends on Frederick Olofsson, in my opinion. Okay. And it's because this feels like a contingency plan for if they're not fully loving what they're seeing in Olofsson. Sure. And they need something a little more trusted and reliable there because we've seen with Anton Bleed last year yeah. sort of how this plays out with younger players who might have a little bit of a loud game but haven't earned the trust. This is where I feel like Kiviranta would earn the nod ahead of someone like Olofsson because what is interesting to me is one, they're a little bit committed to in Olofsson, and one is just a PTO. There's just very little risk there. Yeah, agreed. And I think they're looking for both of these players to satisfy the exact same role, and they are directly competing for it. And so I think something would have to show pretty wrong for Olofsson in preseason for them to move on Kiviranta. And that also, though, sort of dooms Olofsson essentially to the American League for the remainder of the year. I'm being a little dramatic in making that sweeping generalization, but I do think over Peter Holland, there's a much greater chance of Kiviranta being an avalanche player, but it still is competing, in my opinion, for one of those fringe spots on the roster that is certainly a depth role, just because I'm not upset by Kiviranta being the player that they give a PTO to. Sure. But... In looking at what the Avs' current needs are, it still doesn't move the needle closer to what I think they still need to resolve in the bottom six. Yep. Particularly on that fourth line, which I am hoping and praying that's what they have envisioned for <laughs> Kiviranta or Olafson, because this is not a third-line player. higher than that, yeah. Exactly. And so, again, it's a PTO. There's very little risk, so I'm not getting worked up over it. But hopefully this is just targeting then a fourth-line role in which case there are a couple other players that are being auditioned for that. And the concern still being overall scoring. Game seven aside. He had nine points last year in 70 games. His NHL scoring has just never really been there. It's not that it fell off a cliff. It just never really was there, particularly in the regular season. Obviously, that yep. terrific postseason play was very memorable to Avs fans, but... He also just doesn't have that other skill in the bag, in my opinion, that I was hoping for in the bottom six, like a penalty kill specialist. He just doesn't really have that quality. And that's why, again, because it's just a PTO, I'm not panicking, but it does sort of feel like, which is funny that they're both coming from the Dallas slash Texas organization. <laughs> that is the pool of players, though, that I think are competing for a fourth line role between Tafti, Olafson, and now <laughs> Kiviranta. Uh, Dav's Dallas fourth line. That's the play, I guess. It's so. pretty funny. It's like, you know what? They're taking Dallas from within. Like Dallas is one of their greatest competitors at the central and they're depleting their depth. <laughs> that might be the strategy here. Started with Patrick Nemeth back in the day and they've just kept at it. <laughs> Even an Andrew Cogliano once upon yeah, a time. That's, true. that's funny. Uh, it, sometimes it does work out that way. With Kiviranta specifically, I guess... My question with him is, does he even function in the Avs system at all? I already mentioned the nine points in 70 games last year. The production, he kind of just doesn't solve that as far as the Avs are coming off a, a season where they desperately needed more depth scoring. And the other side of it is, I really struggle to see the upside and I know it hurts abs fans but I'm sorry the hat trick in the playoffs was an AHL player scoring a hat trick on an AHL goaltender Michael Hutchinson's just not really an NHL caliber goaltender it was just the situation the abs were in it is what it is uh 
and you know, that's not to say it can't work. Just like any other player, the Avs could absolutely work their magic with a Kivi Ranta and give him a little bit of a better situation. And maybe he becomes a 15 to 20 point guy that is serviceable on a fourth line in that regard. But his underlying numbers don't really support the quality of offense that you would want out of that. When you compare it to Olofsson and Tufty, I I really don't know what to expect out of Olofsson this year, to be honest with you. Same. I'm a, I'm a little bit lost on that one. And, and, you know, that's what training camps are for. With Tufty, I think you could sell me on the upside the most of the three, but he has to get there. We've seen him not really live up to the hype of, of his draft so far. So when it comes to those three, is it Olofsson that you think has the, the best track to an NHL job? I do, and it's the games that he got in last year, some of which being his first NHL games. And it's been an interesting path for him, though, because he's not a young player necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so this NHL debut coming about at this point of his career, what is positive about it is he got a significant amount of games and even appeared in their postseason. Yep. And that's a really trusted responsibility to have earned and to have gotten that nod ahead of Tufty I think just speaks to the caliber of of player that he demonstrated and the trust that was earned through Dallas's eyes that I think would be valued by Colorado as well Tufty has gotten in more NHL games but it's been sporadically over time and so I think kind of what you were just alluding to that it just hasn't quite stuck at the NHL level is where there's a little bit of concern is that there is that part of his game that isn't fully fleshed out fully formed enough to be in a trusted NHL role full time um, I think that it's why Olafson has a greater starting point I think like he's sure. starting just a little bit ahead in the race but Tufty and Olafson are also very different players and they could really want what Tufty brings to the table it is a quality that it's kind of hard to come by. It's a brutal physicality that not a lot of players are, are able to have and could be really useful on a fourth line. Yeah. And that's, again, I'm just, the more you say, the more you're talking me into, I don't see how Kibi Ranta fits here because he isn't going to bring that level of physicality. He is certainly more established at the NHL level than both of those guys as he kind of just is what he is. And that is, a not very productive fourth line player for the most part. Uh, Some of his defensive underlyings are okay. He doesn't really penalty kill though. I, it's just really hard for me to see how he can fit in. And and look again, we're micro analyzing a PTO. This is not, if it doesn't work out, it's not a big deal by any stretch of the imagination. It's more exciting than the Holland PTO. (laughs) So I think that's why we're talking about it at length. There's a little more, potential for it to turn into something yeah I, and you know, obviously that's the hope it, every guy the abs on board you hope has success but trying to be realistic about it and, and where i see his fit it's he's got some guys to climb over i'll put it that way it would it would be a surprise to me for him to make the roster to be honest with you and certainly would require a very good training camp i think to have him in the mix i'll put it that way of course i would also have said i don't think anton bleed should have made the roster and he made it last year so well and even looking at galchenyuk as the pto that if not for injury would have made the abs roster yeah Yeah. it's really interesting to see how the organization 
values these players. It is very different from my scope of things. In a way that I respect, though, they've definitely done more due diligence on both Holland and Kiviranta. That I... But it's funny if they ever mm-hmm. listen in on a pod to hear some of our ideas about what their plans were yep. for some of these moves because it's probably very different from what they actually had in mind. And look, certainly when it comes to professional scouting, the Avs have earned the benefit of the doubt at nearly every turn. They have consistently been right about more guys than they've been wrong about when it comes to these things. And again, they're PTOs. They literally have nothing to lose if they don't work out. So nothing but upside here on guys that certainly in Holland's case wouldn't have a job otherwise. So we'll see on that note. We are brought to you by broken tea golf course has amazing vibes. If you've never been out there, they have a award-winning practice facility and 27 holes to play an 18 hole championship course and a challenging par three course. So they have something for everyone. Of course, they have a great pro shop with all sorts of amazing gear, a restaurant that you can go eat at Wyatt's at broken tea Uh, A bunch of teaching professionals as well that will take care of your game for you. They have a charity tournament coming up on Friday, September 22nd. If you want to get in on it, they've got prizes supporting Bridge House, Tri-Cities, Homeless Action Team's efforts to open a navigation center that will provide a facility for community members struggling with homelessness to receive temporary shelter and connect with services. Go check them out. If you haven't been to Broken Tea, you can go to BrokenTeaGolf.com to make tea times and get the latest updates. When you go over there, you can use code DNVR10 to get 10% off any round on their regulation course. Get in on it. Go help out with the charity tournament. Give some good people some money and uh, play some sick golf at Broken Tea if you haven't been able to get over there yet. Uh, Also brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, Might be be giving you guys some... uh, on-scene footage of, of them coming up pretty soon with the Avs Rookie Tournament. So I feel like we can say we will. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll buy my own ticket if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really assured of this. It should, be, it should be a fun time out there in Vegas. If you're heading out to Vegas, be sure to check out Circa Resort and Casino. You get 20% off your stay with code DNBR. You can go check out their world's largest sports book. It's a three-story stadium with 10 people that have to operate it because it has a 78 million pixel screen. They've got amazing food, including Victory Burger and Wings Co., as well as some barbecue. Uh, They have all sorts of amazing seating, Dugout Club, Legends Club, Champions Club, Circa Club Upper. So I don't even know what some of these are. They have all sorts of seating that is amazing. Their casino is over 7,000 square feet across two levels. They got 48 different table games, a bunch of slots. Dancing Dealers is a thing there, apparently. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, the big one that everyone knows is Stadium Swim. I'm sure you've seen it on television where there's people hanging out at the pool with the gigantic television screen watching sports. It's an amazing place to just hang out and vibe, including two swim-up bars. Uh, apparently, someone was saying they, I think it was the Buffs guys saw Yager hanging out there. What? Yeah, he had like a cabana to himself, just That's vibing amazing. at Stadium Swim. That's cooler than... I want to say RK said that he saw him when they were there for Broncos and when they was? saw him for Buffs. Yeah, he saw him just, twice. So Yager lives at Circa. He confirmed. just lives at Circa. Yeah. <laughs> That's so unexpected. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, if Whatever you're going for. It doesn't have to be abs. Obviously, Broncos and Raiders play pretty soon. Uh, there will be a baseball team over there with the athletics moving. Uh, obviously, abs nights as well in season. Great options. 
Uh, you can book your stay today. Uh, go to circusports.com. Use code DNVR20 to get 20% off your stay. Uh, of course, you can also get the uh, Circus app with circusports.com. Uh, Circus Sports bets can only be made while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I am curious to see who fits in to Colorado's unsung heroes, maybe underappreciated players, because I think we do a pretty good job of, of trying to evaluate avalanche players here at DNVR. I think we try to be as non-biased as we can be, but that doesn't mean that there aren't surprises at times. Uh, you can pick a million different plays if you're looking at unspecific generalizations, but the Avs have not had a ton of players like Kiviranta where they have one real moment that is like season changing for a team and then don't do a whole lot else. So my question is this, Megan, if you had to pick one unexpected hero in Colorado, what would it, who would it be and why? And what are the parameters for the time of this? I'm going to leave it totally open for this first one, and then we can drill down a little bit deeper after that. Okay. This is interesting because there's a few people that come to mind, and there's a few people I'd planned on talking about in this conversation. But kind of what you just outlined, it feels potentially like GT Comfer territory just because of the moments GT Comfer generated Had some of which pretty being big game winners for ones, sure yeah but also now being a player who's no longer with the organization and was the source of frustration at a lot of times especially before last season yep. i think this is a player that because he teased the top 6 upside at, at points but wasn't able to assume that full time in mm -hmm. the past there was a lot of frustration about what he was because he teased it better and for that reason, he might go down as a little bit unappreciated because of the utility of what he was, the security sure. blanket that he was to Bednar. And even though sometimes there was confusion when in overtime he was one of the three players going out there, there is a reason on the Av side of it that that was happening that yep. maybe wasn't always appreciated and hopefully isn't something that ages poorly now that he's not with the team. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully there are just other people who step up into that role, but because he wore so many hats. For sure. I think that's why, for the question and how you just posed it, he's who springs to mind first. Just everything he contributed to special teams in all situations. He was the face-off guy situationally. And then the clutch moments. I know we've had great discussions about clutch, real or not, but <laughs> the reality is he did have some really big moments in the Navs uniform. Definitely. I, I think the moments are, certainly for recent history, I don't know how unexpected it would be for JT Comfort to be that guy who produces. But again, the Avs don't really have a ton of goals 
or performances like that. I saw someone in the chat mention Darren Helm, obviously. He was who I thought of first as being the less likely culprit. Yeah, but but even then, it's not... There isn't like a single game performance where you're like, what an unbelievable performance. It was, he scored one very important goal and that was kind of it. Could a goaltender be in the conversation? I want to get to that. Okay. I was going to save it for a little bit later. There are unlikely goaltenders yeah. who've had incredible performances. Yeah. We'll get to that okay. in a little bit. Um, The other one I would say in, in kind of the opposite way of JT Comfer uh, is Josh Manson. Uh, after this last year, which obviously like had injuries, had a lot of troubles when he tried to come back, he was did not play very well. I think people have forgotten how good Josh Manson was for the Avs in their cup run. And not just, you know, he had the one big moment with the save he makes in the Edmonton series, but uh, he he was really, really good in that playoff series. The whole, the cup final, he was incredible against Tampa Bay. Just generally, he had a, at least one game winner. At, was it game one against St. Louis or something? I forget which game it was. But I think Josh Manson has taken a little bit of unnecessary hate or, and has become underappreciated after last season. So, yeah, I think people, if he could get healthy, people might be a little surprised. I hope so. It feels like an object permanency thing where yeah. like he was out of sight so much last season yep. and the stints we saw of him, he was not at a hundred percent and just coming back off of injury. There was definitely some rust in the games following those moments and it showed, but also we just had such a limited exposure to Josh Manson last year that I think I, I hope will be pleasantly surprised and reminded how good he is. Yeah. It's it's funny because it's hard with un, unsung, underappreciated players at times because fan perception can switch very, very quickly on any given player based on recency bias or results or just what you happen to remember from a player. And it, it, it can very quickly fluctuate fluctuate from underappreciated to accurately rated to even overappreciated at times. So take it with a grain of salt, I would say for any of, of my picks at in this show today, because you can go a, a lot of different directions with this one. And I know the one we wanted to talk about as relevant to our uh, top 25 all time Colorado athletes, which I think 20 to 15 are getting released today, but the one ab so far on that list is Milan Hayduk at 23. And Hayduk is an interesting one because every single time we have a conversation about Hayduk in the office, it's like, well, you know, he had a pretty good career, but how good is he really? And then someone goes, well, he's the only player to play a thousand games for the abs. Well, he won a rocket Richard. Well, it's, it feels like Hayduk is kind of like a slow burn memory where everyone forgets just how good he was in Colorado. And then they're like, oh, right. He was actually really, really good. <laughs> he was really good almost the whole time, too. It was something like 12, 20-plus goal seasons straight. Yep. And the decline really came about in the final years. And yeah. he also had a knee surgery similar to Landeskog in, like, the second to last year. And so 
an aging Milan Hayduk off a knee surgery is when that we started to see anymore, that decline yeah. in play yeah. after reaching that a thousand goal mark in an abs uniform. A thousand game, yeah. And those are really impressive things. But to start even as an av, he was incredible. Obviously, yeah, a big course. part of the the cup year mm-hmm. and there's something very poetic about being rated 23 wearing 23 <laughs> 23 points yes. in 23 games in the cup year for milan hayduk <laughs> that i'm okay with him at 23 for the symmetry of it all <laughs> but i understand why in the scheme of things people were especially avalanche fans a little disappointed to see him maybe that low because of all these things we're talking about yeah rocket richard wins a stanley cup three-time all-star game and eventually becomes a captain and, and becomes, you know, not the longest tenured Av specifically, but close to it. Yep. It, it has all the hallmarks, obviously, gets his number retired in Colorado. It's He won't be a Hall of Famer. Numbers just aren't quite good enough for that. But is the all-time Av for sure for now. for sure for now i think that's the qualifier that people might not know is there are current players on this list that there's a little bit of not only what they've done so far but what they are expected to do in the future that also factors into why milan hayduk is at 23 yep it's tough when you have a nuggets team win a championship just this last summer with an MVP caliber player in Jokic who's done so much good yep. and other players around him too. You're competing with some really talented athletes in Colorado that are currently playing. And I think that's just what made it a little tricky for Hayduk in this list. Yeah. I it's, it's really hard with the Broncos. <laughs> it is their early success. Yeah. There's so many like, Oh, well, that guy's in the hall of fame. Oh, well, that guy's in the hall of fame. Oh, well, that guy's in the hall of fame. It's like, oh, shit, I guess Hayduke's not in the hall of fame. So he's down to 23 <laughs> is what it is. Uh, certainly in, in Colorado, he's an interesting one because definitely not someone that was in the limelight a lot was much more of a quiet character that made his noise on the ice as, as a player wasn't captain until the end of his career. So you had Joe Sackett kind of being the media guy for that team for so long. Uh, I do think uh, obviously people who've watched him play you myself understand how good he is, but I do think it's worth noting because I do wonder how much, he will stand the test of time, especially with, as we mentioned, like pretty good chance. A lot of his records get taken down over the next five to 10 years by current avalanche players. It, definitely worth noting. Hey Duke. And there's a reason he has his number retired here. Um, I think it's fair to call him underappreciated. Absolutely. And you know, Perhaps not within the Avs fan base. Certainly beyond the Avs right, fan base. Right, certainly yeah. beyond. And maybe even inside of it, I won't apply that to the whole fan base, though. I think that there, because of his longevity in Colorado, there is decent appreciation. But it's hard because of the superstars that also came through Colorado around the same time of some of his best hockey he is competing with the likes of Forsberg and Sackick, and those are just such memorable household names. I bet there's a comparable, actually, in Colorado presently because of the stars that are 
are there right now. Is there someone outside of McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr that is perhaps not getting enough credit, like a Devon Taves, who is also so excellent? A year or two ago, I would have said Taves. Now we have people ranking him as the third best defenseman in the league this offseason. So I think not currently. Okay. Definitely with how things play out, Taves could be one of those guys that people kind of forget about just because McCarr exists if Byram takes another step forward and becomes another star. You could see how, not to take anything away from Taze's game, but how he just becomes the third one that people kind of forget about in that situation. Similar to, it's like, well, sure, Milan Hayduk is great, but the Avs had Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg. So <laughs> it kind of falls into that category for me. Um, it would have to play out over a, a long time. I think maybe Lekkanen if he can continue what he's done, could be one That's of those good, guys. I could see that. If uh, his production is close to what he had last yeah, year. exactly. Absolutely. But uh, not sure how the future is going to go. Um, as the <laughs> real fake Jesse Montano. <laughs> uh, Prove it. <laughs> uh, uh, saying Barlamov, most underrated av of all time. It does sound like something he would say. <sighs> Barley's hard. He's a hard one for me because don't get me wrong. It, at his best, he is easily the second best goalie to ever play for Colorado. But so many injuries held him back and a not so great team in front of him held him back that I don't know where it exactly falls. I think you could probably make an argument. He's a bit on the underrated side, um, but the injuries just made it so hard to consistently get what he was capable of out of him. And I'm kind of curious, Megan, you had, you had alluded to it. We can talk about the goalies now since I'm talking about Varley. I was going to make an argument for Francois. Oh, I love that. I was just thinking of a single performance from Andrew Hammond, but I that's, like this no, a lot totally more. Valid too. And, and <laughs> I, there are some people that are going to go crazy because I know there are a lot of people in the Avs fan base that love Pavel Francos. Yes. That arguably wanted him to be the starter, which I don't really agree with, but he absolutely is going to be... And we talked about footnote villains the other day. Francois is going to be the footnote hero of the Avs Cup run. Because people who experienced it are going to remember, look at all those games he won. Remember how he stepped in for Kemper and did all that? Yada, yada, yada. History is not going to remember that. History is just going to go, oh, yeah, the Avs won the Cup with Darcy Kemper. And Francois will be forgotten. I even wonder if because it wasn't, this might sound bad, spectacular performance from Kemper if he becomes a footnote in that story of how the cup gets won that year Probably. if goaltending is as a whole Just kind of the footnote entirely under underappreciated and I only say that because of the weirdness of Kemper getting hurt yeah, and then no, Franco stepping in like I don't even know if people are going to singularly attach the success to goaltending in a significant way you're right I, I was already detaching it the other day. I was already detaching. I look, I mean, it's statistically, the goaltending was not very good from the abs on the run as a whole. And it's not to say that they were bad. They just didn't need to be very good. Yep. And some of that was brought about by unfortunate circumstance in getting hurt. Yeah, very true. So 
maybe not just Fransos, but both him and Kemper as a tandem in that year. Yeah. A little bit unsung hero. And then, of course, Andrew Hammond. <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time I mean, on I, that. Hey, that one game was dope. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got for Andrew Hammond. Is, is Michael Hutchinson underappreciated? He did win two games in that series against Dallas. And then, of course, it all fell apart in game yeah. seven. Yeah. This isn't the day for it. Yeah. This isn't the, <laughs> the day the abs like keep around. Probably not that day. Probably not that day. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by the fantastic folks over at Illegal Pete's. Make sure you're going and getting your burritos. You can get happy hour from 3 to 8 p.m. over there, which is uh, just delicious food. There's no two ways about that one. Uh, margaritas are great, too. They have 11 different locations here in Colorado. So there is one near you, including one just a couple blocks from the DNVR bar. Get in on it. Go get your Pete's. Have some delicious food. Enjoy yourself. And then, I guess, I, I mean, I, you could have AG1 in the afternoon, too. I, you probably take your AG1 in the morning with your breakfast. It's just one scoop in your cup of water and you're good to go. Get you set up for the whole day. They got 75 different vitamins and minerals, a bunch of probiotics and adaptogens, all sorts of good stuff in AG1 that keeps you healthier than me. Uh, go, Plenty of athletes use it as part of their daily routines, both as a immune booster and part of their workouts. So lots of lots of people use this stuff. Lots of people swear by it. They say it's a it's a great way to get up and going. Uh Jesse in the chat, I know. It really is Jesse. <laughs> uses it as I don't know a, why I created uncertainty that it might not be him. <laughs> I just figured if it was Jesse, he'd like have a picture. <laughs> Slacking on his YouTube account. Uh, but AG1, great product all the way around. You can't go wrong with it. You can go to drinkag1.com slash avalanche today. When you order, you get a year's supply of vitamin D and a bunch of free travel packs included. So get on it today. Go get your AG1. Take control of your health and, uh, yeah, get yourself good with AG1. Uh, also brought to you by the number two. Did you do that, Tiff, just now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can call 222-2222 today. Or go to coloradolaw.net. Can they see that? It's kind of hard to see. We have a we have a mug right there. It's not. It shouldn't be. Uh, Bacchus and Shanker has your back. If you have been hurt and it is not your fault, whatever the situation might be, is it a car accident, injured at work, you've been uh, underappreciated by Josh Manson or something. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. Go to Box and Shanker, call the two number, go to coloradolaw.net. They'll give you a free consultation. Uh, if they think you have a case, they will take it on for no dollars. You pay nothing until you win your case. They just want to get you what you deserve, which they're very good at doing. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the last 25 years. So, uh, yeah, they know uh, they know how to get it. Uh, go check them out. Give them a call again. Two number, coloradolaw.net. Get what you deserve with Bacchus and Shanker. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I've seen a million different answers in the chat, uh, ranging from old guys like Stefan Yell. Uh, I think there's a number of, of older players in the classic era that you could probably say that 
I was six, so I'm not going to remember the unsung heroes. Only going to remember the sung heroes at that <laughs> age. Uh, but looking through Av's history, how much credit would you give to some of these guys that maybe aren't the goal scorers, aren't the even point producers, but the, the grinder types down at the bottom of a lineup? Maybe even maybe even Andrew Cogliano is going a little bit too far with something like this. Maybe you're talking more about the Nick Albe Kubels or the uh, Nico Sturms of the world. That's interesting. Is that because of the ultimate success that they were yeah, a part of? Right. I see. Okay. Because someone that I think comes to mind is Matt Calvert, but I I think that's in an Andrew Cogliano tier of player. I would that agree. Yeah. It's interesting to think about with Colorado, though, that they carry these types of players who have to contribute in a few different ways, and it might go a bit unnoticed. Like right now in real time, we recognize Logan O'Connor for what he is, but historically... How does that play out? How yeah, do we remember sure. Logan O'Connor? Definitely fair. Yeah, it's it's tough. Because I do think a lot of both sides of this conversation are very much in the moment. On any given day, JT Confer scores a goal. Oh, he's he's great. He's super clutch. He's the best ever. Right. JT Confer has a bad shift. He gives up a goal. Oh, he's a bum. He's not even worth talking about. So with with some of these depth guys... I think their consistency goes a little bit underappreciated. Are they going to be stars? Are they going to, you know, be the cop guy that everyone's favorite player? I say this as I'm wearing a Logan O'Connor shirt for the record. <laughs> uh, probably not. For most people, those guys, um, uh, Matt Calvert may be the best example of a guy that the fan base really fell in love with. Again, probably a little bit tier above some of these other guys, but a lot of these guys go down there, do their work, and just kind of take care of business, and then people move on. I don't know how many of those guys... Wow, I'm losing it in my voice here. I don't know how many of those guys the Avs' current lineup has, because I think Logan O'Connor is pretty well-liked, obviously. Cogs has, like crazy amounts of lore behind him now with the speech before game six and all crazy that stuff. amounts of lore and being handpicked by Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, exactly. That actually puts Cogs in a tier of his own. <clears throat> so my question is, and this is maybe less about <clears throat> currently being underappreciated, but could potentially become a guy like that. Ben Myers. I'm so glad you said his name because he didn't quite fit with how the questions have been posed up until this point because there's a lot of future telling going on with Ben Myers. No. But the reason I want to get more excited about him is because of what he showed at the college level, which is such a dangerous thing to say. I understand why that is so different and it is difficult to have that game translate to the pro game. But in his final year, he was above a point-per-game player. And even last year, despite some injury troubles and being sent back and forth between Loveland and Avs, at the American League level, he finished somewhere like 24 points in 30 games. And that was with a slower start. Yep. There were some games where the 
finishing touch just wasn't there for him even at the American League level but it started to come together and it has to come together there first I think before it starts to translate to the National League level but in what he showed at the college level because even before his senior year he was very productive and it was trending in a way better direction that is my hope for Ben Myers is that this first year in Colorado was a lot about getting him to be more reliable away from the puck. And I think he worked really hard on that. Obviously the production then needs to come because that was the part of his game that appealed to Colorado. I should say in part, but probably a large part of why he was one, a highly coveted free agent among other NHL teams. And I would really like to see him be the player that gets a little more appreciation this year because things just were not going well for him last year. If he gets appreciated more, will that give him more good luck? Is that is that what needs to happen here? I'm trying to remember the Grinch story. I forgot what made his heart grow, but yeah, I, if, I don't know. If you appreciate a Ben Myers, maybe his <laughs> points will grow. I hope so. I I do think that conversation does become interesting, almost tying into what we started the show about with Kibby Ronta, Olafson maybe even a Peter Holland. It's, you know, I don't really expect any of those guys to become significant names in Avalanche history or anything like that, at least other than Kivi Ronta is a bad guy. But those are the types of guys that when you start getting stuff out of them as an organization, as a team, it's almost just like free money, right? It becomes a Logan O'Connor who the Avs now have one spot in their bottom six that is entirely just set and forget. They play that guy. They don't worry about it. That gives you 25 points a year. He gives you quality penalty killing. And guys like that are never really going to be fully appreciated because they don't do the Nathan McKinnon, the Miko Ranton and the all world level stuff, but they do all of the things that make a hockey team successful. And I'm hopeful that the Avs can find a little bit more of that this season. It was a little all over the place last year. Obviously, injuries entirely out of their control. But you even look at someone like Andrew Cogliano last year, who, in my opinion, really did not play very well for a lot of the season. Had okay offensive production, but struggled on the ice a lot. And that's not any hate against Cogliano. I think that's just kind of a reality of last year. Maybe he has a bounce back season. Maybe the Avs find other options that fill that gap of of consistency in their bottom six. Which is, it's funny because there are tons and tons of guys that have been in the Avs bottom six over the years. If you ask me to name a bottom six player from 2007, I could probably think for a while and come up with a few, but a lot of those guys get forgotten. You know, Miles Wood, because of his contract term, could become the most memorable. I hope this doesn't age badly, right? Like, hopefully memorable for the (laughs) right reasons (laughs) as a bottom six player. Because that's exactly what he was brought to Colorado to be. It's where he'll stay. And he has the potential to win over the hearts of the fan base and has a bit of time in Colorado to do it, too that he could create the most lasting impression of a bottom six player that we've seen in a long time. 
I hope so. <laughs> yeah. He's got six years to do it. So if it uh, if it works out, he definitely will have probably a bit more longevity in a role like that than a lot of players do end up having. Uh, I see Kerfoot mentioned in the chat. I see John Mitchell mentioned in the chat. Kerfoot, probably more of a middle six guy. John Mitchell kind of fits the bottom six, I would say. Uh, and obviously now still connected with the team doing yeah. things like altitude and, and stuff like that. So that's where John Michael Lyles, I think, yeah. has a, is absolutely a part of this conversation because of his consistency while an Avs player still has an affiliation to the team, wore a letter in his final season with the Avs. And then just the consistency of his production over that time being pretty difficult to keep up with, especially as a defenseman. I think that Lyles definitely belongs in that conversation. Now, lots of lots of names here. TJ Galliardi, <laughs> Brandon Yip. I don't <laughs> You know who I thought for this show was Wojtek Volsky. And sure. specifically because I looked at like when it came, his time came to an end in Colorado, it, it had been after a little bit of a decline in production, but it wasn't a sharp decline, in my opinion. It was a series of injuries, you know, contributing to that, hampering play a little bit, and probably time to move on from him in looking at what happened in Arizona next. But yep. in just in looking at those things, I felt like his contributions in he was pretty darn good in Colorado. In shootouts for sure. specifically, yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously, no <laughs> were, were of significance, and those are big moments. Yeah, Svados and Stewart, other Wolski era guys. Um, yeah, you go back a little bit further, obviously everyone loves Dan Hino, probably not underrated, maybe even overrated, to be honest, but tons of guys down in, down in the depth like that. Um, you could go forever to be honest with you about you kind of run into a problem where you start talking about these guys and it becomes less oh they were underrated and more oh this is just the one that i really like yeah <laughs> so it gets tough uh at, at that depth but that'll it, definitely be like knack for me yeah like okay. like in the future like when we look back we're like oh yeah knack was just gee, he was just wonderful and you know he's he's fine <laughs> yep. he's great fine he, he existed he did a thing but yeah i think also because of like the social media presence and stuff sure. like that it was like very much like it, he it, felt very part of the team it, it is complicated right because it does come down sometimes to not necessarily the things they're doing on the ice but how they are involved with the community the organization i love calvin pickard because he's just an awesome guy yeah. so always will be one of my favorites probably was appropriately rated though <laughs> A similar conversation around Peter Budai, yep. just the longevity of his time in Colorado, the continued affiliation to Colorado and being a goaltending coach for the Eagles. I think I had a lot of form fuzzy feelings with Peter Budai. There you go. Tons of tons of players like that in history. So I don't know. Maybe let us know in the comments who you're. Not underrated, but your your emotional favorite. Support. Who, who gives yeah. you warm, fuzzy feelings? Who's your emotional support have? Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I, I'm good. Any other players I missed, Megan? Anyone you wanted to touch on? No. All right. I'm sure 
Someone older than me will be like, here's three players from 1996 who are all underrated by you kids. And I'll be like, well, you're probably right. I don't the know. thing is, there's some names I don't think we've mentioned, but I think are appropriately rated, like Tangay. Oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. is a name that people will be like, how could you not say that? And it's just because I think that is someone that is receives yeah. recognition. I agree with that. And should. Sure. It, yeah. But I think Ozil Lynch was another one that's come up, but we talked about that in the show where we talked about who didn't get on the final list. Yeah, that feels like appropriate rating so to I me. Just, I'm covering some bases here. Like, <laughs> this is not because we don't consider these people. It is because we've talked about it a little bit yeah. or they're very appropriately rated in the case of Tangay. There you go. It's not that we're not underappreciating them. We're just appropriately rating them. Confirmed. It's hard to appreciate everyone at once, <laughs> but we will try. We'll do our best. Uh, we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us, shouting out your picks. Uh, we are going to get out of here for the day, though, before we do uh, a handful of things. First of all, tomorrow we are releasing our top 15 all-time Avs lists. So those of you who have been uh, waiting for that, heard the ones that missed the list, you can hear the whole list on tomorrow's show. So that should be a fun time. Tune into that. It'll be a, a, a total blast. Uh, also, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get your summer beers on while you still can. There's let's summer September 21st. Is that the officially fall? I don't know. Or is it October? I forget which month. I that, don't know. I don't. I don't follow this. Either way, time is running out to get your summer beers. So go check out the Mountain Beach Sour while you still can with Breckenridge Brewery. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it at a liquor store near you. Go to breckbrew.com. And we've got a sale going on right now. If you want to become a DNVR diehard, you can get in on it. Great time to do that. It's uh, down to just 60 bucks, I believe, for the next 48 hours to become a diehard. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of the first times we've ever discounted our memberships. So go jump on it. Become a diehard today. Go to the DNVR.com to sign up. Uh, what is that, 20% off? Because it's usually 80 bucks. Can I know that'd be 25% off? I can do math, I swear. Uh, go check it out. 48 hours only. If you want to uh, get a shirt included with your membership, of course, it gives you access to our behind the scenes, diehard stuff like our round tables, things like that. So lots of good content to cover there. I just wanted to add that this is a particularly good time to get in on this promotion because the Avs Beat specifically has exciting changes, additions is maybe the better word for it, on the way. Yep. That is going to change the content that we're able to create next year. It's just going to be added on from what you've previously known. And it's something to get excited about and why I would encourage you to, to get on this opportunity now. There you go. Stay tuned uh, next week to find out more about that. Uh, should be fun time. I'm, I'm super looking forward to things getting up and running again. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good off season, but I'm ready. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Heard that. Yeah, we're 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 ready for hockey to be a thing again. Anyway, we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us today. We'll be back tomorrow, and we will talk to you on the next one.